Hey guys, Joe here. It is Monday, January 29th, and um, I'm kind of going to cover a broad spectrum of things. I'm going to try and break it up really, really evenly. I'm going to try and get straight to the point on most of this. Uh, So this is going to be a weekend review, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. A lot went on. I have a lot to talk about. Um, and some of it is going to be pretty, uh, pretty deep. Um, it may actually just dip into the deep end, um, and then I might break it up into another, uh, segment or episode, uh, for separate listening or, uh, extra commentary because the couple topics that I do have today are extremely heavy and that's why I haven't been recording much this weekend because I've just been processing and working through things, and as I've always promised you, the listener, I am never going to be fake, and so while I try and keep things upbeat, I try to keep up the momentum and the energy levels and the positive vibes and the blessings and all that good stuff, Um, and while I try and promote hope and hopefulness, Um, I gotta keep it real at times, and today's gonna be one of those days, so thank you for joining uh, in with me today, so that, um, I just, I just hope that you can learn a little something about me and things that I've been processing uh, lately, so here we go. Well, Friday started out fairly normal until my daughter got to school. My daughter is a sophomore. She goes to a, like a satellite school. It's almost like a charter school, but it is a public school. Um, it is put in our local school district. And um, you have to apply to be in the school. You have to fill out some essays, be interviewed, go through this whole process because they're looking for a certain type of student. And it's not a accelerated or an advanced school, but it's more of a characteristic style of a student that they're looking for. Uh, Students who are independent learners, students who are uh, really self-driven and wanting to um, really just focus on their academics and got that plan, uh, whether it's tech school or university, post high school graduation, they already know that they want to do one of those two things. Um, So it really provides a unique situation because the school is small, it's underfunded, and there's only about, uh, when my daughter first joined her first year in seventh grade, she was one of 86 students. Now she's, uh, four years later, she's one of 168 students. I don't know if you guys can hear that rain, and I really hope it's not too distracting. Um, I'm going to try and speak louder, but I'm in Seattle. I am driving, as always, and the rain is just dumping. So, my daughter's at school. I receive a text message from my wife, and she goes, There was a... There was an incident at the school. Uh, Somebody posted a picture on social media uh, of a couple BB guns with the caption, uh, don't come to school tomorrow, ha ha. And um, 
sent it to a group chat of a couple friends, like three friends. Um, it's a group chat of, of them. They, they're, they're really close friends. And, uh, and so I, I see this and I'm like, oh my gosh, what the hell is wrong with these kids? They're idiots. They're stupid. After I had just went on this Tide Pod Challenge rant, if you haven't heard it, go listen. It's a couple episodes back. Um, giving kids all the credit and being like, hey, you know, telling adults, lay off, kids aren't that stupid. And here's this kid. And I'm like, you're a freaking moron because this isn't a joke anymore. This isn't funny. I don't care who you're talking about. You're going to go to jail. You're going to get shot. The police are going to come to your house. They're going to raid your home and you're going to die or you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail. Like, you, you just can't do this. What the hell is wrong with people? And the next, so I'm like, you know, you got to be freaking kidding me. Oh my gosh, is Mia okay? And she sends me another text message back a couple minutes later and she goes, it was blank. Uh, she said the name, and this is a kid I know, and a kid I've known um, his entire life. And my heart just sunk because I know I'm I'm one of those statistics, and it's I'm you're gonna know the kid who does this, and I just was like, oh my gosh. What was he thinking? What was going through his mind when he thought that this was possible? And I started thinking, this kid is so innocent. This kid is so smart and funny, and he's just a goofball, and he would never harm a fly. He is very gentle, very caring, very loving. Um, he's, a, he's an absolute joy to be around, and um, I, I spend a lot of time with him. And what the heck? You know, I got to admit, your perspective changes. Your whole world view changes the second it is you. You know, we, we live in this era where... We're always protesting and we're up in arms against things and we got to defend this and we got to defend that and, you know, stand against this or stand against that, resist. And and then it hits home. It hits real close to home. And then what? Because you can come to bat for this person. You can defend this person. Because you know this person. You know their motives. You know their intent. Because you know them. I'm not just talking about somebody you, you've met once. I'm talking about somebody you've done life with. Somebody you trust. And I'm not going to make excuses for what he did. What he did was idiotic. I, you know... That's not cool. It's not all right. And by any stretch of the imagination. But he needs to face the consequences of his actions. I'm not going to let him 
get away with this. I'm going to hold him accountable. And we need to live in a society that holds people accountable for their actions. But we also need to be a society who is able to love and forgive and move forward and reintegrate that person back into our community, back into our social circles, back into our realm of influence, not to ostracize and push away and and uh, and isolate into isolation. That's not what we do. It's what we it's what we do, but it's what we shouldn't do. Because all that does is that just pushes people, and it tells them that they're not valued, that they have no worth. So it's been a really weird weekend coming to grips with this and, and understanding the situation and, um, you know, going from rage and, and anger with my kid could have been in danger, um, to, oh my gosh, I know who the kid is, who did it, what were they thinking, are they really dangerous, oh my gosh, have I missed all the signs, how, how could that have happened? Um, man, like so many things just goes through your mind at this, at this juncture. It's incredible. So I had to deal with that this weekend. Um, that was Friday morning, Friday afternoon, (laughs) Friday afternoon was a doozy. And, um. You know, you got people in your life that you love, people in your life that hold extreme uh, high places in your heart, Um, people who are family, uh, who aren't blood related. There's a man I'd like to tell you about, and his name is Larry, and he is the most genuine, honest, uh, brutal brutally honest, um, sarcastic, smart ass, loving and caring, generous person, did I say generous already, person I've ever met, this is a man who doesn't have much, but what he has is yours, and he has love, and he has time, and he will invest that, and he has a wealth of knowledge of auto mechanics and building and actual tangible things that that if you ever needed help he would help you my friend Larry is more than a friend he is the only thing I've ever known that is what a grandpa should be he is old enough to be my grandpa um, looks like a grandpa and, uh, and I guess for, for all intents and purposes, acts like a grandpa. He will spoil you. He will, um, he'll smack you upside the head when he feels you deserve it. Um, he will pull on your facial piercings when you get them because the only reason you should have metal in your face is if there was a nail gun accident and that looked intentional. Nail gun accidents aren't intentional. Um, so yeah, um, Trust me, I know because he has tugged on my eyebrow piercing when I had one. Um, this is also the man who who stepped up and said that 
you know, he wanted to take me fishing because I'd never been fishing uh, or, you know, open water ocean fishing and and every boy's got to go fishing. So he drove me out to the coast and uh, we slept in the back of his van and we got up at four o'clock in the morning and jumped on this big charter boat and spent all day on the ocean catching fish. And I'm pretty sure I caught more fish than him. I don't, I don't quite remember, but um, what I remember was getting burgers the night before, pulling into this dark lot, sleeping in the back of a van, and getting up at the crack of dawn for hot coffee and, and hot chocolate, and going fishing. I don't, I don't remember necessarily what conversations we had. I don't remember how to actually like set a line and, and set a hook and, and, and do all that sort of thing with my fishing pole. I don't remember that. But I remember the fact that this guy who barely knew me said that every boy's got to go out fishing and I didn't have a dad to take me fishing. So he was going to take me fishing and he did. That's what I remember. That's Larry. Larry is a big guy and uh, a white haired old man with a beard with a belly that would make Santa Claus proud. And Larry filled those boots and that suit so amazingly. I don't know for how long now. I want to say maybe 10, maybe 8 to 10 years. Larry has been Santa Claus. And it started as a church event where he would play Santa Claus for a Christmas party. Our our church hosts for uh, foster kids in the King County area. We, we invite the foster children and their families, their foster families in for a Christmas party. And we, we provide lunch and games and presents and uh, pictures with Santa and it's all for free. And Larry has graciously volunteered to be Santa Claus for the past eight to ten years and he loves it and it suits him so well it's quite amazing he does a wonderful job we absolutely love having him be our personal Santa all my kids have had pictures with him it's it's beautiful I love it absolutely love it Larry has never hesitated to take time out of his day to help me, whether it was when I was a teenager and uh, I got a flat tire, or if I was a 30-year-old man and my alternator went out. Larry was there. He's always there. He's always just a phone call away.
So enough about Larry and what an amazing guy he is and how cool he is. Because let me tell you, he's not that great. He's also a pain in the ass. And I think the most the, the most qualified person to answer that and to, and to affirm that would be his wife. And I'm pretty sure that she would agree with me. Um, but they've been married forever. Um, they're beautiful. They have beautiful kids beautiful life, beautiful people, and they mean the world to me. I found out on Friday that Larry has a brain tumor. My friend Larry has a terminal brain cancer and is going to have surgery on his brain in the next two weeks. See, the last person that I know that went through this um, she never left the hospital. And I can't picture a life without my friend Larry. At least, not this soon. Um, so this has been really hard for me. And what, what, what do you tell your kids? What do you tell your little kids? And go say goodbye to Larry? Well, what if nothing happens? What if they remove the tumor and he has another 15 years with us? They, they say it's terminal, but they also say they don't know how rapidly it's going to grow. They don't know. It could be five months from now. It could be 15 years from now. They, they just, they have no way of saying. So what have, what do you tell a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a two-year-old? I mean, honestly, if you have any advice, please tell me. All I do know is that we've been coming, you know, we give them extra hugs, give them some extra love. Do you warn them? How do you warn them? Come on, I'm, I'm not qualified to have these conversations with my kids. I've got four kids. I've got one who's almost 15 years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying the best I can, but I can't even keep my stuff together. How am I supposed to keep it together emotionally for them? I think that's one of the hardest things to do as a parent, and that's one of the things that I work the hardest at, is processing my emotions and my hurt, my pain, and my joy, and my happiness, and my excitement, processing all those things with my kids. Because if I'm having a hard time processing and walking through this, they probably are too. They don't know how to experience these things. We gotta be there. Parents, we gotta be there. We gotta tune in. I don't know, man. This this whole thing, this whole news of my friend Larry, it's, it's really got me thinking about priorities and what's important and, and, and how much harder I'm gonna work in life and doing what I can for my kids and my family and my wife. We only get so many 
so many days on this planet. Are we really making them count? I know, it's so cliche. Oh, Joe had a death scare, you know, and now he's getting all existential and introspective. It's not even that, you guys. It's just being honest, man. Life is precious. People are precious. And are we treating people that way? I want to be a Larry. We need more Larrys. We need more Larrys. We need more Sallys, his wife, his beautiful, beautiful wife, but we need more Larrys. Men, you gotta be a Larry. I need it. My kids need Larrys in their life. I received this news on Friday afternoon at around two o'clock in the afternoon that my friend Larry has brain cancer and is gonna have surgery soon. As soon as I find this out, I was headed home and I turn around and I head straight for Larry's house. I don't call, I just go. Don't know if they're home, don't know what the state of their mental stability or their, you know, I don't care. I need to see Larry. And I pull in, Larry's sitting in the dark, talking on the phone with somebody. And he hangs up, and he says, Hey, you, what do you think you're doing here? He said, Don't you know the doc, he's getting ready, he's got this drill, it's about yay big, and he holds up his hands, it's bigger than his head, and he goes, He's got to open me up, he's got to get this tuma out. And he starts laughing, and he, he gets up out of his chair, and I'm, and I'm telling him, Don't, don't stand, like, like for some reason, he can't walk now like he's disabled and I'm just sit down sit down take it easy like like this tumor hasn't been there for Lord knows how long and he's been doing everything um, and now all of a sudden you know heaven forbid he lifts a pinky um, he gives me a hug and, and uh, he goes what, what are you doing here why why are you here and I said, why am I here? I'm here because I heard this news. He goes, oh, whatever. Whatever. I said, what do you mean, whatever? Now, one thing you got to understand about Larry and one thing you got to understand about me is I am a man of faith. I believe in God. I believe that nothing happens outside of the will of God. Now, bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. I can't explain it. I'm not saying, oh, it's all a part of God's plan that bad things happen to you. I'm saying God knows what is happening. God knows the world we live in. God allows things to happen. And we have the ability to change our perspective and our understanding and process what is happening to us at these times. And willing to look to God and have God be our comfort and have God be our answer and God be our rock and say that God will carry me through. Now that's easier said than done and it goes a lot deeper than that and that's a podcast for a whole different day and if you want to hear about that give me a call let me know tag me on hit me on twitter at jgomez206 and let me know if you want me to dive into 
my faith and what it means and what it means to have hope. And no, I don't just have hope and hope alone for hope's sake. I have hope because I have seen people be healed. I have seen um, circumstances be changed. I have seen hearts changed and, and people changed and circumstances changed. I have seen change. And I believe that it's because of a God. He's not a genie. He's not a fairy who grants me wishes. But I choose to look at the way that things that God would have me look at things. And I don't know why Larry had to get cancer. And I don't think God gave him cancer. But something's going to come out of it. And Larry knows that. Larry is secure in his relationship with God. He's secure that he has lived a life of love and joy and honesty and integrity. He has lived a great life. And he he's just hopeful. We have faith in the doctors that the doctors are going to do what the doctors can do. They're going to be great at it. We also have faith that God has the ability to heal Larry. What a testimony that could be. Testimony that the doctors go in and they scan them and there's nothing there. Cut them open, nothing there. Wouldn't that be a testimony? So Friday is, uh, is off to a real real bang just to recap my buddy brain tumor gonna get surgery he's nothing but jokes about it he's confident in where he is in life and he's hopeful that God will give him a few more years but if not so be it that comfort and that that peace and just the, the fact that he was just so willing and able and so gracious he's not glum he's he wants to see everybody he wants to see everybody smile so here he is smiling and loving and making jokes and just being Larry just being Larry So, if you could do me one favor out there, everybody in Anchorland, if, if you're listening and you could put out some good vibes, if you could pray, happy thoughts, whatever, whatever you're into, send them to Larry. Send them to me, I'll pass them on. Let's, uh, let's switch gears because I'm sure I'm going to come back to Larry and, uh, and uh, the school incident later on. I'm sure I'll come back to it. Still, a lot of things are going on in my mind. I wanted to keep this short and I'm already at like 20, 20 some odd minutes. So I guess 
I'll start wrapping it up. Uh, Friday night, I already had plans to hang out with the wife. We uh, got a babysitter for the night. The kids went over to my mom's house. Not really babysitter. Hanging out with Nana. And that's always a joy for them and joy for us. So I did do lifting on Friday night. I was out driving and I uh, got home around 8.30 or 9 p.m. And put on some comedy. Watch some uh, comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Oh my gosh. I could watch that forever. Um, I love to watch comedians brainstorm and uh, just talk and, and just I like to see their process and I like to see comedians make other comedians laugh. I think that that's um, an amazing skill. So um, I love stand-up comedy. I would like to do stand-up comedy. I'm not funny, so I don't know how that would actually work. Um, but it is something that I've, I've set as a goal for two years now that I would do an open mic night. And for two years, um, I have failed at my goal. So I'm off to a really great start as a goal setter and as a joke sayer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I'm still, still developing my craft. I'm still young, right? <laughs> I doubt it. That's the other thing. I always feel like I'm too old to do these things. But whatever. I'm not too old to start a podcast. And I started a podcast, something I've been talking about doing for years. And here I am talking to one person. So I'm really glad you are listening. I really am. Um, I hope I hope I'm saying something to somebody that matters. So uh, Friday night, I had a great night. The wife and I were going to go out. We ended up just staying in, watched comedy, stand-up comedy and, and stuff all night long. We laughed until our sides hurt. I think we stayed up to like 1 in the morning just laughing, having a good time. And it was really good medicine after everything that went down in the earlier part of the day. It's so easy to get you down. But we were able to step back, put things in perspective. Things worked out actually quite fine, uh, you know in the long run, you know, there's only so much we can do about, about certain things, and, um, so we, we had a good laugh, a good fun time, and, um, Saturday was awesome, can't wait to tell you all about it. So Saturday morning rolls around, it's 7 a.m., I gotta get out the door, I'm gonna do some lifting in the morning, um, and then I'm going to go to a coach's clinic uh, hosted by the Seattle Mariners, who I love, my local baseball team. Even if I didn't live here, I would still root for the Mariners. So um, I love baseball. I have been coaching baseball or a form of baseball in the form would be softball or fast pitch. Um, I've been coaching my daughter since she was in third grade. Um, I've coached one year of Little League T-ball, and this year I am making the move up to coach pitch, so that's exciting. going to do a couple years at coach pitch, and hopefully only one year my kids will move on from there to kid pitch, but we'll see. 
love baseball. It's something we do as a family. We go to a lot of games, um, play a lot of baseball when we're just hanging out around the house. That's uh, what we do. We, we, we like baseball. So I go to this coach's clinic and the Mariners GM, Scott Servius, 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 is there at this meeting. He walks up onto the platform and they introduce him and I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So here I am listening to a lecture by the Mariners GM, a Major League Baseball GM, and he's talking to me about theories and ideas of baseball and I'm just amazed. I'm just soaking it all up and he's talking to me about culture and how to build a good team culture and what my role as a little league coach is to create fun and a memorable experience that the kids want to keep coming back to and uh, an experience that they will enjoy. Um, you know, that it's not our job to develop the next major league superstar. It's our job as a little league coach to um, inspire kids to want to keep playing baseball and to develop the love of the game that the kids um, can grow on and uh, and just continually build on that year after year after year. So that, that was exciting because um, I, I really like to coach. I really like the, the involvement with the kids and keeping them excited about something, letting them know that there is somebody who has their back, who is in their corner, who wants to see them excel. Um, you know, every kid's going to come in to the game um, wanting a different experience. And being able to target each kid's experience, you know, what they want to get out of the year. Some kids want to do something for fun. Something, some kids want to try something new just to see if they're good at it. Some kids are like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to play baseball, and I'm going to give it my all. And other people are like, um, my, my mom wants me to play because she says it'll be fun. Um, so trying to get all those different ideas and perspectives of each different player and trying to formulate a team and get everybody working towards the same goal on a different level is a challenge that I really, really enjoy. Um, and so being able to hear, um, that a professional baseball team has the same challenges and um, what they do to overcome those challenges and to work through those challenges and the things that they do as a team to build culture and to build a t- the team itself um, was great. A lot of great insight. I then uh, drove the rest of Saturday and it was great. Um, got home late and, and went to bed and Sunday had church. Church was great. Um, emotional. Emotionally, things set in really heavy, and uh, with with Larry, and um, but it was good. It was good to be there uh, with friends and family, and uh, then we had youth group Sunday night. Oh, and it was my buddy Jeff's birthday. So Jeff, if you ever listen to my podcast, um, happy birthday! I hope you had a great day. It was awesome to see you in the morning, and then at night at youth group. So I love you, buddy. You're one of my best friends. You um, thank you for being you and doing what you do in my life. Appreciate it. 
So, thank you, Jeff, for being cool, being my buddy, and uh, being a great mentor. Um, your friendship means a lot. So, happy birthday if you listen. Um, and yeah, um, that was my Sunday. Sunday was a good day. Sunday's always a good day. Sunday's a busy day. Getting the kids up and getting out, you know, everybody getting them out the door for church early. Um, I actually kind of wish church was a little earlier. Um, it's right in that mid-morning time where um, I can accidentally fall back asleep and then I wake up and I'm late. Um, so, kind of, you know, it is what it is, but... Um, so, and then I have an afternoon break before I got to get ready for youth group. And youth group is always cool and fun and exciting. Um, it's fun to be around the kids who challenge me and push me to grow and are just so full of life. Um, I just love hanging out with them. So Sundays, although are busy, are my favorite day of the week because um, I also take a nap. On Sundays. Sundays are for napping. If you didn't know that, that's what Sundays are for. You just, you take a midday nap. Everybody naps in my house. We just nap. So, I'm not, not all day. It's just, we get a little nap. It's nice. Um, so yeah, that was, um, that was my weekend. I know it was a lot to digest, a lot to chew on. Um, I hope I didn't ramble too much. I probably will get back to some of the topics, um, that I covered. Um, if you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, whatever, um, give a call. Give a call and love to hear from you guys, all right? So from me to you, keep moving forward, and we'll talk to you next time.